Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle and a special edition at that. Matt DeCourcy here with Daryl Blackburn, who'll be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hello, Daryl. Hi, Matt. Oh, here we are once again mentioning a special edition of this episode of Startup Hustle, which, by the way, is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. The subject of today's special edition is the PPP loan. So I brought in full-scale COO, Daryl Blackburn, once again, who has navigated the waters and successfully filed a PPP loan with the SBA through our bank. Now, before I hand the microphone over to Daryl to talk more about that experience, I do want to let all of you know that all we're going to do in this episode is talk to you about our experience with the PPP loan. We are not financial advisors, accountants, attorneys. We're none of that. We're none of that. So we're not giving you advice. We're just letting you know what our experience was with that. I think it'll be helpful. There's been a lot of uh, changes and there's, you know, we've found some places where we've experienced some clarity. So Daryl, talk to us about the PPP. Yeah, that's a, a good disclaimer, Matt. Definitely reach out to your CPA, your attorney. They're going to kind of be your lifeblood through this process. If you're having any issues, your lender cannot legally advise you on how to fill out any of the application. So they can help you, uh, point you in the right direction, but that's all led by your attorneys and your CPA. So lean on those folks right now for some good advice. Yeah, it was an interesting process. So obviously, in the last couple of weeks, we kind of knew coming down the pipeline, there was going to be some kind of economic stimulus package in place. So it's been navigating some legislation. That's been fun brushing up on my legislation skills over the past couple of weeks. So that's been an ongoing task, just trying to stay out in front of everything. Uh, obviously, over the last couple of weeks, it was passed by Congress, signed into effect as a bill, and then we're waiting on guidance from the SBA. So all of the lenders have the guidance from the SBA now. So uh, for, for those who don't know, the application process is officially open today with the caveat of it is open for small businesses and sole proprietorships, uh, independent contractors and self-employed individuals can apply starting on April 10th. So uh, applications are ready to go. So mo- the best advice that I received is to work with local lenders that you have a relationship with. You can reach out unsolicited to any other SBA approved lender to work through this process. However, it's always easier if you have kind of a relationship already built with someone uh, a trusted individual at a financial institution. So uh, we were able to reach out to our local trusted institution and got some great advice. A couple webinars later, a whole lot of information uh, being exchanged through our payroll processor. We were able to get it submitted a little bit ahead of time last night. So it, it, it was an interesting process, but definitely worthwhile. You know, one of the things that you mentioned is, is and now at full scale, we had already, uh, we had already been, considering applying for an SBA loan. So we had created a lot of the paperwork and a lot of the background. Now, this particular arm or or loan 
as they call it, even though we'll talk about that in a second, it didn't require as much paperwork as a traditional SBA loan, right? So much easier. So the the actual time commitment and gathering everything is a little bit tricky because everything that is normally bundled together for all of your employees. So typically you pay bulk amounts for like group health care, uh, group uh federal unemployment taxes, those things are all kind of a bulk number in most of the reports you'll receive. So a lot of the time commitment came in pulling those apart individually because you do have to show on an individual employee basis your full contribution. So that was one of the biggest time commitments. But otherwise, it's a super simple form that's like a page and a half that's mainly uh, yes, no questions and then initials and signatures. It's very easy. So yeah, in the past, the SBA has been notoriously uh, slow. And that's actually one of the reasons why we decided not to go forward with it because it was typically like a the 7A loan, as it's called, as their flagship investment vehicle. And th- I mean, that can be, that's a, usually a several months process. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, this is meant to be a little more streamlined. Now, you know, a lot of people are expressing frustration right now and their ability to get an actual loan off because a lot of, you know, the SBA has 1,800 uh, approved vendors, but not all those vendors are actually accepting applications yet. Where, what did you find out about why they might, why some people's banks or lenders might not be? Yeah, so it's a, it went pretty viral this morning, the backlash against Bank of America. So Bank of America was offering the ability to service these loans for existing customers who had uh, either an outstanding loan product or a credit card of some sort with Bank of America already. So they were kind of servicing their, not even their existing clients, because there's existing clients who didn't have one of those products that couldn't get serviced. So there's a backlash going that way. Chase had set up an online portal that completely crashed and was not allowing submissions. So that's why I kind of referenced in in my first little blurb about having a local relationship or a relationship manager that can kind of help you get through that process. So our process was completely smooth. We received the official application from the SBA with a couple changes made last night. Once we got that application, I was able to attach my supporting documentation, grab the signatures that I needed, and shoot that over to our relationship manager who's su- who's submitting that through the SBA for us. Yeah, and we actually use the same bank that we collect payments, do payroll through all of that. And and while we had considered using a variety of lenders when we were looking at traditional SBA loans, we really felt and and feel that it was the right decision to go first to the bank that we already had a relationship with. You're talking about, and that's what we'll talk about next is what kind of, of expenses are approved, but no one knows more about your your money well, there are as much about your fi- past financial activity than your own bank. So sure. then being able to look at your own records and verify that all that's true, we felt was going to uh, lead to a faster, smoother process. Now, you know, I don't, uh, I, I've said this so much because I've been timestamping a lot of episodes. I feel like that's a, been a important thing. I'm recording this at 1.30 p.m. Central on April 3rd, the first day that it's been open. And you told me right before we, we, uh, 
hit record that there's already been $1.8 billion worth of applications submitted. So um, now in your research and with the actual application that we did, what were what were the allowable expenses? Because I think a lot of people hear payroll and they think it's just payroll. However, there's a heck of a lot more that's included in that. Yeah. So so payroll is going to be standard wages, including commissions, uh, tips, anything like that that's paid as a, a standard salary or wage uh, that's also capped at $100,000 on an annualized basis for each employee. So if you have an employee that makes over $100,000, your employer contribution essentially to them in terms of this SBA product stops at 100,000. Uh, now that does also include any benefits that are paid. So that is cost for vacation, parental, family, medical, sick leave, uh, separation or dismissal, payments required for provisions of group healthcare benefits. So that's one of the big ones that's also included as a payroll cost. Uh, insurance premiums, the, and any payment of any retirement benefit. So there's another one that's that's kind of not typically thought of when you mention payroll costs that they're letting be included for the purposes of this loan. So additionally, past payroll costs, uh, also the interest on mortgage obligations. And the caveat is they have to be incurred before February 15th of 2020. Same thing with rent, uh, also incurred before prior to February 15th, 2020, and utilities, anytime, any utilities, and which service began before February 15th, 2020. Uh, so the, I kind of alluded at the start that your your lender can't actually advise you how to come up with this number, but your attorney and your CPA are great uh, resources to go ahead and put this together and calculate it and get the necessary documentation for it. Um, now that payroll costs, uh, you add that all up, get your, your annual contribution to that, and you multiply it by 2.5, or divide it by 12 to get your average and then multiply that by 2.5. And that's the available loan amount for each business. Now with that, they call this a loan, but it's pretty, it's pretty well stated in the CARES Act as well as everything else that, that, the, that these are forgivable according to if certain criteria are met. And once again, you know, we're just giving you the information that we found. I can't promise or guarantee you that that's going to be the case, but what's stated in the documentation, both with the SBA and everyone else is that if certain criteria is met, that you likely won't have to repay the loan. Yeah. So there, uh, and you can find this information yourself. If you go to home.treasury.gov, there's a ton of information about it, about the payroll protection plan, the full forgiveness and everything there. Uh, so a lot of the lenders have said that they don't have a lot of guidance around it. However, they do have what the, as you mentioned, the CARES Act says, which is uh, a lot of this will be forgiven. So if you are using this money for the appropriate costs of so those payroll costs, then there's the potential to have it forgiven after on June 30th, I believe is the submission date where you can submit an application to show that you use this loan for the appropriate costs. At that time, the loan can be completely forgiven. So the loan payments are deferred for six months. It's a two year term. And I believe it's a, they upped it to a 1% rate. So it's still a very low rate loan 
to acquire, which is nice. Uh, but that can have the potential of all being forgiven if you follow the protocol right. So as I mentioned, at home.treasury.gov, you can find a lot of information as well as a PPP fact sheet, which has kind of been the best thing that I've seen for guidance throughout this whole process. So one of the things that is mentioned is how much of my loan will be forgiven. It says you'll owe money when your loan is due if you use the loan amount for anything other than payroll costs, mortgage interest, rent, utility payments over the next eight weeks after getting the loan. Uh, so you'll also owe money if you don't maintain your staff and payroll. So the number of staff can affect your loan forgiveness if it is reduced or if you de decrease your full-time employee headcount. Also, the level of payroll. So your loan forgiveness can also be reduced if you decrease salaries and wages by more than 25% for any employee that made less than 100000 annualized in 2019. So there is a, a little bit of a caveat to that where you do have some rehiring ability, which it states you have until June 30, 2020 to restore your full-time employment and salary levels for any changes made between February 15th and April 26th. So again, reach out to attorney, CPA for advice on that. Uh, we're not an expert on how you can kind of, if you do have to make layoffs or salary decreases about getting that level back up to loan forgiveness. I'm not completely sure. There's not a ton of guidance. So definitely reach out to your resources that you have available on that. I mean, overall, if, you're, if your business isn't applying for this, you probably should be. I would I would be curious as to why anyone wouldn't. I mean, there's $350 billion of total money going out. And considering the fact that they call it a loan, but the likelihood of forgiveness is high given the criteria, I mean, that's a big boost. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, if worst case scenario, it's a, a two-year loan at 1% rate and you don't have to have yeah. lateral backing it up. I mean, no matter what, it's uh, it's definitely a beneficial thing for businesses to look for right now. Yeah, and the, you know the government's doing this to keep people on payroll. We've had almost ten million people apply for unemployment benefits in the last two weeks, which is crazy. Um, you know, we're looking at you know from an employment standpoint, uh, potentially erasing all of the all of the economic job gains that we have. I mean, really, that's all the government's trying to do is keep people in a paycheck and find a way to do it via employers so they can, so, you know, just have it all continue to work together. Um, I mean, I think that there's a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, opinion out there that this is maybe only the beginning as well. I mean, there's already starting to see news and comments from lawmakers wanting to push another extension of this forward. And, you know, like I said, I mean, you got to get after it. Um, you know, with that, there has been an unprecedented demand on the bank level. So first off, keep in mind, like we're here in Kansas City and, and you know, the banks are technically open because they're essential, but right. businesses are closed, you know? So you're talking about an unprecedented level of demand with probably a, a, a much smaller number of people there to handle it. So that's where a, a lot of the banks and lenders are, kind of holding their hands up and saying, whoa, whoa, you know, like we don't even understand what you're wanting us to do here, government. And, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be working at a bank today that wasn't prepared to take any of these applications. Would you? No, and I don't know if I'd want to be working at a bank period today. 
Yeah, no, I hear you on that. But I mean, especially one that wasn't, that was, you know, one of the places that was saying, you know, hey, we're not going to let you do this. Now, yeah. when this when this opened up this morning, they let the community banks actually put their applications in before the big banks. Is that correct? That's correct. So as of right now, I'm not even, so that number you gave earlier about the 1.8 billion, that was all from community banks. That doesn't include any of the big banks. Yeah. Submit. Yeah, I'm not even sure if the portal has been open to big banks yet. Uh, I'm kind of just following around with Steve Mnuchin on his Twitter account. They're, oh, they keep updating uh, every hour or so, just kind of give a, a status update of how much money is coming through and where they are in the process. So that's been an interesting follow, but I'm not even sure if big banks have been able to submit yet. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, so, you know, I'm 44 years old at this point, turning 45 this summer, and I, I've been around for a couple of different crises, as we could say. And I mean, as far as this goes, I mean, usually when you get into some kind of uh, federal relief or something like that, they're putting some burden of proof to show you that you've actually lost something. In this case, they're not. And, you know, so there's a... There's a, well, there's a they updated the language on the uh, application that they put out this morning. So there is going to be some kind of burden of proof to show that there's some economic loss. I don't know the exact language that got added, but that was some of what changed on the application overnight. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, with that, the, re the reason for doing that is, I mean, there some. what if you're working at a business that, that is experiences uh, extreme uptick, you know, then all of a sudden, I mean, that would be like, you know, it's okay. Well, let's just plow some more money. And now I'm not saying that's a bad thing because in that case, that may create a different kind of stimulus. Now, let's, let's, for that business. Yeah, let's, let's take a minute and talk about the, the application qualifications. So, and this is, by the way, this is a definition that I have never agreed with, which is the SBA, the Small Business Administration, what their definition of as small businesses, which is any business with 500 or less employees, which, you know, is, is high. I mean, I, it, when you have a hundred employees, that's that you have a lot of employees at that point. And I know, cause I got twice that many. Yeah. It's a lot to keep track of. So yeah, that, um, that's pretty much it. So typically there's some other qualifications around the amount of revenue your business generates. That's all been waived. So it is just 500 people or less. Now, there is a caveat for certain industries where certain industries can have more than 500 employees. So there's, as I mentioned on the Treasury website, there's a link for additional detail for those particular industries. And again, your attorney should have some great information about that, too. Now, we got some feedback back from our bank saying that the, the, the paperwork that we submitted and the proof, the supporting documents were spot on. So what, what exactly, now you're the one that did this for the company. So what exactly did you gather to support your quote argument? Yeah. So I, I, I gave probably way too much documentation. So the things that were better than not enough. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to do a little bit of overkill rather than under on this one. So our particular lender reached out and asked for some type of payroll proof, pay payroll tax documentation. So I supplied a form 490, which is the FUDA filing from our paychecks processor. 
And then we also were able to submit a verification of the wages. So that was another one, verification of wages and some type of documentation. Well, we use a third-party processor for our payroll. So I was able to give a payroll journal for all of 2019 to show a breakdown of each individual and how much we contributed. And then the other one was a 1099 miscellaneous form. Yeah, so if you've sent any payment out. So that's one of the things that's a little bit of a gray area right now that I don't have a lot of information on because we don't really operate in that area. But the ability to count contractor fees or uh, including that in a payroll cost. So if you're in a business where you use a lot of contractors and issue a lot of 1099 miscellaneous income, definitely reach out to an attorney and see if you're able to include that, if it keeps you within the SBA threshold to be able to apply, uh, that, that could be pretty beneficial for some businesses if they're allowed to include that. You know, I think one thing that nobody has any clarity about where we can kind of wrap up this special edition. I mean, thanks, Daryl. This was helpful and just trying to get a, a basic understanding of this. I think a lot of people have heard of it, but aren't, you know, like now that we've actually submitted successfully, but will we say successfully, we think successfully, right. um, you know, we have yet to receive any actual feedback yet. And I don't think at this point, anybody has any idea about how fast the funds may actually be distributed. I mean, I would imagine there's a massive log jam somewhere. I, I would assume so. That's, I mean, those are the same. And, and, then, and then to do it on a Friday at a, at a bank, banks who are, who literally coined the term bankers hours. Right. So it could be a lot, you know, that's why I wanted to get this special edition out after we realized we might've hit the nail on the head when it came to submission documents. But yeah, no, I mean, no real clue about resolution though. Right. No. So those are the same kind of questions that I, I'm reaching out asking probably along with hundreds of thousands of other people asking the same questions about a timetable of when we can expect our application to be approved or denied. Uh, if it's approved, when are the funds going to be sent out? Uh, that's all just kind of up in the air. We don't know yet. Um, but it, it looks like some things are being processed through the SBA. So it's good to see it working and some of those funds getting through there quickly. I think it's just going to be a case by case basis. Some of it's going to be on us. Uh, did, did we do our due diligence and submitting the application with the proper documentation? So definitely take your time, do your due diligence, get the documentation out and try to make it as easy on the lender as possible to go ahead and give you that rubber stamp. Yeah. And, and you got to make sure like that you're, you're filing a re the reasonable number. Like we were very exact with it and, you know, we went back and did a lot of math and there's some caps that you have to observe, just meaning like you can't uh, file the, there's a hundred thousand dollar salary limit and mm -hmm. some other stuff. And, you know, like a, a pretty exact number. By the time I heard from you last night, you literally told me, you said, my, I, I'm cross-eyed <laughs> from, from looking at all this stuff and I want you to see it real quick. And I was like, you know, I mean, at that point, I didn't really know what I was going to say. I'm like, you're the one yeah. that's you're cross-eyed for a reason. It's because you've been learning all about it and really diving in. I mean, this was something that, that we were, uh, uh, I mean, we were we were preparing for this at the beginning of the week when it was just it hadn't even been signed in yet. Yeah, that's correct. I, I sent an initial kind of feeler email out to our lender, and he, our relationship manager, replied back and said he didn't even know what I had been talking about at that point. It was so new. So yeah, we've kind of been on the front edge of the wave on this, which has been nice. Made it a little bit easier. Yeah. And that, and you know, that was the thing. It's like, I, I really think at this point, you know, reaching out to your bank 
and getting this stuff together. Like don't, don't sleep on this people. Like this is a, this is a, a very welcome, you know, as a business owner and an employer, I mean, this is a very welcome thing. I mean, this is something we took really seriously because, and, and honestly, it's going to, it's going to be really helpful because assuming that we can get this going and get it moving, it's definitely just candidly helping me sleep a little better at night. Um, you know, our business was definitely impacted, it, maybe not as severely as others, but we definitely felt it and, and were at the point where we were starting to have some examination of, of things that making tough decisions that involve expenses and people and stuff like that. So, you know, this kind of boost coming um, from the government, assuming that it doesn't take forever, or it doesn't become a total fricking mess is, is a very welcome thing. I mean, as a COO of full scale, would you agree? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. This has been a, a, a welcome breath of fresh air through these tough times. Everyone's going through a lot of negative thinking right now. So it's kind of a little bit of light of positivity. Yeah. yeah I think the, po- I think the positive part of it as well is, is good. You know, now, like I said, hopefully, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I have been highly critical of the government and honestly the SBA um, at, at in the past when it came to the efficiency at which they get certain things done. And, you know, this is a situation where I'm actually, I, I'm actually feeling impressed. Um, and, you know, when I say impressed, it's, you know, the government rather than, you know, they realized that they weren't going to be able to do it on their own. And to see them essentially crowdsource the bulk of the work and the approval process. And, you know, like the fact is the government could have really been a pain in the ass with holding this up. And they seem to have a level of agility, um, assuming that they actually forgive these. Now, you know, it's, uh, they've changed that criteria a few times, but I mean, I can't see how they can give out loans to people on at this broad of a level and say that they're going to give forgiveness if they do, if the money's used for payroll and then not do it. So I think you can feel pretty, pretty decent about that, or at least I do. So Daryl, you got anything you want to say to wrap up our special edition on the PPP? No, definitely. Like I said, get out there, contact your local resources, get in touch with someone at your local bank. It's currently SBA approved lenders right now, but they're actively working on widening that the breadth of who is able to help from a lending standpoint through this. So keep out looking for new information. Uh, yeah, start at your own bank. bank. Yeah. 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 That's it. Just be proactive with the information. So you're down with PPP? I'm down with PPP. Yeah, you know me was the right answer. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for the update. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.